Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Get fired up. Oh, yeah. Performance enhancing audio. This is the State of Combat Podcast with Brian Campbell. Oh, yeah, Jeff Horn indeed was a real man, and this is the State of Combat Podcast, CBS Sports, and I think you hear, I think you hear a little bit of excitement in my voice today. I hope you hear it, okay? Both, both. Uh, look, uh, it's a hot on day for boxing. Why? Because we actually have a reason to do this here podcast this week big announcement from the folks at pvc and showtime for the second half schedule to 2020 we've also got the zone coming back this friday night with welterweight prospect future star victor victor good good guy sound like uh, uh vincent ortiz over here virgil ortiz jr and he's going to be on the show today to break down his return against samuel vargas uh you know throw his uh Throw his uh, thing in the mix to find out what's really going on at Golden Boy these days. We've got Oscar threatening to come back. we got people sliding out of Rye Guy's DMs. A lot to talk about there. And uh, look, Top Rank Summer Series over, and I thought they had a good Tuesday night. They got some big fights coming up. This sport is finally back, okay? It's been a rough quarantine We've got a lot of different things coming our way. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. How about a lot of times? Maybe shit. But uh, we back, baby. Okay? We back. Trust me. We back. Uh, you know who's back, too, is my co-host. He is uh, well-employed by uh, usbets.org or some, something like that. But he's a New York Times best-selling author. You know him as the best boxing writer in the world today. So- Sorry, Eric. Sorry, Rask, let me pour a little water on your balls, all right? It is Rafe Bartholomew. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you up. Turn around, baby. Let me lick you all around. Boy, let me lick you, girl. Like your love is good. Boom, 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 bugs. Uh, Derek! Are you feeling in your life? Derek! Deep breath. I run, Derek. Deep breath now. Are you feeling in your loins? No, not Eric. Derek. Derek Chisora. Yeah, yeah. Der- That's why I'm hyped up. Forget forget any announcements in the return of boxing. New Usyk gold, new content from from the Ukrainian king is yeah, what I, I am about. I Derek! I that yesterday in my living room at high volumes, and my wife came sh- screaming out of the other room. What is that? What is that? I'm like, you really want to know? Is that okay? how Mrs. Campbell sounds? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that is. That is. Most yeah, a little like sort of like you're the Archie Bunker of the bat. Yeah. Hi, Brian. You know, 13 years later, sometimes you get there. You know, I'm glad. Uh, look, I'm glad that he's actually in a real fight this time. Tyron Spunk. 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 I don't need him against Tyron Spunk. Tyron Spungy? I don't need that. Have you seen him fight before? 
Nobody has. Stop. Nobody. Stop. Stop. <laughs> okay. Please. Okay. Uh, Rafe, look. Look, here's the deal, friend. Okay, yes. Usyk running the beach in a half shirt, hugging Apollo Creed with his son and calling out uh, Derek. We're going to see that August 22nd. And it's part of a larger relaunch of the sport we love, right? Boxing's full of shit. I used to love this game. I want to love this game. Thank you to the bubble, to top rank, to Evan Korn's Twitter account, which I hope we've all unfollowed in recent weeks, uh, for trying, trying hard to keep us going, to keep their train on the tracks so they can get a bit of that ESPN Disney money. But I feel like starting this week, now's the time we're going to bang again. You know what I'm saying? Rafe, you ready to bang? Let me bang with somebody, right? Do I have to bring on that, that weird skinhead guy for a second? Let me bang with somebody. Let somebody stand up and bang with me. All right, bro, I want to bang, so let's do it. Are, are, are you ready to bang? I, I was born ready. Okay, okay. Um, thank you. Thank you, Lamps, please. Thank you. Uh, do bang. We have it? Do we bang. Have it? bang! 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 Try and stop it. Bang! Bang! Here I come. Bang! You want to throw sometime? Bang! That was actually uh, audio of Jim in bed, not not calling a fight. Uh, hey, Rafa. Uh, look, we're going to get into very shortly the breaking news of the PBC on Showtime announcement. I'm gonna, Look, I'm going to go line by line, fight by fight, and find out if you actually do care. But can you give me a word? A uh, you ever watch Hot Ones? The uh, the wing. The, uh, the one where they make people eat whatever spicy food yeah, they and they the sweat. Yeah, the Scoville scale. Can you give me a Scoville scale update of the temperature of your loins over what boxing could look like in twenty in the, for the rest of twenty twenty? Now that we seem to be ready to get back into business. Um, I would rate that. I'm look. My loins are not like habanero hot over this. The only way they could get – I would say jalapeno hot, like just baseline uh, hot loins right now because, Brian, these are good fights. Yeah, if you're I, I need a little hot, bit. You know? Not a whole – you don't need the full, uh, the full pitcher of ice water on my balls. I, you could just do with, I, I don't know, um, a, a cup, a, a, a coffee mug's worth. It's fine right now because, look, I'm very excited to, to get – Fights that I will want to watch, that I will be jacked up to turn on the TV and watch on Showtime. Maybe catch a glimpse of my man BC on the screen uh, in between everything else that's going on. I'm, I'm psyched for that. And there's some really good fights. Like, so, like the last few months have conditioned me at least to sort of expect nothing, expect less than ever from the sport. And that's nobody's fault. Everyone was doing the best they could. But still... As a fan, it's just been sort of like, oh, there's boxing on. Am I going to watch it? Probably not. Maybe I'll see it. Maybe I'll watch something tomorrow if they tell me it was good. Yeah. But this is like I am going to turn on my TV and watch a fight that I planned on watching because I love this sport. Yeah. But at the, the, at the same breath, Brian, like in any other year, this is just a normal good schedule. We ain't blowing the roof off here. No, no. Look, Showtime didn't uh, – didn't, didn't, they didn't go – remember when Vince Carter put his elbow inside the rim? They didn't do that to our fuel hole necessarily, but given the, the signs of the times and the state of the union in the box, this was step three, put your thing in the box. Like, finally, we're getting what we are here for. I don't know if you got that. Floyd, there's a long way from the lip to the cup. I'm sure you don't understand what I don't that means. I don't understand what that meant. I, but, I think uh, what you're saying is graded on a curve. This is a, an A plus plus. Yes, yes. Are you asking if if uh, if I've got a curved ish? Let me search it. Is that what you're asking me? 
<laughs> I mean, it, it does, it, does it go left or right? Okay, that got weird. Uh, all right. Well, hey, Rafe, we, I, I'm going to get into it. We're going to break it all down very quickly. I did want to uh, check with you real quick. I know that you're, you're fired up for boxing's return. I know that you're stiff-arming skinheads left and right in your uh, daily run, but how excited are you about the return of fantasy baseball? Oh, I'm all in. I mean, baseball is back. Opening day yesterday. Boom, baby. That's what I'm talking about, okay? In fact, I think it's actually July 23rd, Thursday opening day. Dang. Right. What was yesterday? Some preseason I junk? Yeah, I'm not really following it, okay? I can't, I can't follow it. But I encourage you to get a double key bob going if you care about baseball and fantasy baseball in particular. Because I don't know if you listen to something called the CBS Sports Fantasy Baseball Today podcast, Raphael. I mean, I sure do. And it's freaking mm-hmm. fantastic. Taste for yourself and see why. Because opening day is this Thursday. As Garrett Cole and the Yankees. I bet he played for the Yankees. Square off against defending World Series champion Washington Nationals. Rafe, how much money could I have offered you to tell me who won the World Series last year? With you. Oh, uh, man. If I would have said like $1 million right now, who won it last year? You would not have been able to say Washington Nationals. You wouldn't have. I, I would have. I would have blown it. I would have said the Mets. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, hey, all week long this week, Scott White, Chris Towers, Adam Azer, Frank Stamfel are getting you. Okay, you personally ready for this sixty-game sprint, as well as everything you need for your Week Eleven matchup. Sorry, Week One matchups. Uh, you can find Fantasy Baseball today on Apple Pod, Spotify. I don't know wherever the hell you enjoy listening to fine audio products. Hey, Rafe, we are in the fight game business, which means we only see our favorite athletes twice a year. Do you think that the quarantine, although it doesn't make sense financially, should force American pro sports to almost be Pinoy-like in the sense that people don't want to wait around for 162 baseball games. We ain't got time for 82 regular season NBA games. Give us a 50-60 game sprint in every sport except for football, and we will digest it much easier. Kind of like your Pinoys in the PBA, right, who do three mini-seasons per year? Um, I, 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 The PBA, it's more – it's not about the sprint. It's about stretching it out. Um to a way that you can always have basketball like 11 months of the year. It's actually really, really difficult for the, uh, for the teams and the players to, to keep going like they do. But that's their job, so they get it done. Um, I would say instead um, – look, I, I don't know about the comparison, but I like the idea. I, everyone likes it. The problem is until now at least, leagues needed that money, right? It, yeah. MLB wanted 162 games. Uh, NBA wanted 82 Make games, that but money player, right? Right. All right. Yeah. I just, I just liked the situation where Pinas could inspire us a little. Pinas, that really inspired me. Oh man! All right, all right. Sorry about that, Ray. I mean, who, who's, who's the guy on the podcast with me? Um, who's this? Who's this person you're, you're, you're interviewing? I'm sorry, Rafe. I'm Rafe. Oh. I- Thank you, thank you, Rafe. That's me. I'm Rafe. Okay. Hey, Rafe. Who, what was that? Uh, I don't know. You you appear on many, many, many shows. To, to That's pro- true. To yeah. Don't folks, don't right? don't Google my name, please. Yes, please. please leave leave her alone. <laughs> By the way, we have to tell the people the honest truth. We did touch base with the rooster. I did. I love me some Nico Macius. He was going to be on the show today. 
but he in the end declined not to. I think Rafe. I think he's in that in between period where he's retired. Things didn't go his way in his career. He's staying active by working in a boxing gym. I think we'll end up seeing him back. That's when we'll talk to him. All right. Look, I I mean I might try and step in and really uh, fix this situation because you know I think he 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 sees us and he's like oh there's some media dudes a couple of wankers they 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 aren't top blokes they're not gonna bro out with me about have being a, a owner of a pet baby skunk and drinking Mountain Dew with Grish and just living through the glory days. Uh, he, he, he probably understandably thinks, oh, they're going to want me to trash Golden Boy and Oscar because, you know, Ryan Garcia is doing that. And there's all this, you know, all, they're just to try and stir up some, some controversy. And like, that's not what we're about, man. I mean, we love the drama too, but, but not when it comes to the rooster, the drama is the least interesting part to me. I want to, I, I want to go in deep on what it is to, to be like, to live inside yes. That extremely energetic. Yes, it is hot. Jacked. Yes, one hundred and fifty-four pound bidet. Uh, you want to find out what went on in the backyard? Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now you, right? Yeah, I know what you're doing by the hot dog stand, right? Yes, yes, Richie Dwyer. Yes. Mistake Konatsky makes one man's opinion is he should have milked it. Is he talking about the breast? What is he talking about there? Because that man, Tad, that man has nice titties, all right? All right. Hey, yeah. this is way off the rails. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause, Rafe. Back on the other side, breaking down this large PBC on Showtime boxing announcement and the overarching theme that the sport is back, folks. Okay, it's coming at you right after words from our friends and sponsors. Dig it. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Rafe, we're back, baby. BC here, your American Hatchcock friend, ready to talk about this big announcement. Showtime Sports, PBC, nine fight cards over five months to close 2020. The first time they're kind of really rolling out a giant formal announcement since that time in 2018. Remember, they all went to New York. They rolled out the Showtime lineup in that large uh, nightclub slash bank looking old vault place. We back this time. Up fronts, baby. Up fronts. Up fronts, inside, behind, reaching around. We've got a, a pretty damn good run here for the fall. Headlined by two pay-per-view cards, one involving Gervonta Davis and Leo Santa Cruz, the second involving both Charlo brothers in damn good fights on the same night when Jermel unifies at 154 against Jason Rosario 
and Jermall defends his WBC title against, good Lord, Sergei Derevchenko. So, Rafe, um, we're going to go line by line here, but we're also going to put it out there. We tell it like it is on the show. Yes, we're a Viacom. I'm a Viacom CBS employee. This is a property. Showtime is in that family. But I'm going to say, overall, this is pretty damn good, okay? Like, yeah, there's some hits and misses in this, but the quality is there. So, Rafe, we wondered last year, when PBC on Fox was getting all the big matchups, you know, is this a one year for Showtime? Just kind of take it off like they did in 2015 when the PBC launched in multiple directions, or is this a bad direction? I think that this shows us that Showtime is going to be the home for really competitive fights. Maybe Fox is more the home of a side in a, against a C side, you know, to stay busy or maybe for a big, big name pay-per-view. But I think that the, the underlying story of this rollout here is that Showtime's not only back, as things stand right now, it may be the televised power player in U.S. boxing at the moment. Well, yeah, I think certainly if you look at the schedule they've announced and the way things have been going and the way the way that the sports world is expected to kind of muddle through the rest of this year and as long as the coronavirus pandemic remains a, a really big problem here in the United States – uh, and around the world, but now more than anywhere here in the United States, this schedule from Showtime looks stronger than anything anyone else seems likely to come up with. Uh, now, does that make them put them in the driver's seat going forward? No, it makes them Showtime has the best schedule for 2020. And that's great, especially coming after 2019 when uh, people were really rushing to declare them dead, saying they're getting out of boxing just like HBO did. It's it's a wrap. And Steven Espinoza uh, you know, he, he, he can puff his chest. I mean, look, he likes to puff his chest out on Twitter a little bit, no matter what the circumstances, but he can do so deservingly this week because Showtime is coming through with, with a legit good schedule, a schedule that would be legit good during any year, uh, irregard, irregardless, not just regardless, but irregardless of COVID-19. Yeah, I, I fully agree. Like this is a, it's a pretty large statement. Now, in, in all respect to top rank, the summer series that we just saw was a was a bunch of stay busy fights. They're supposed to be coming out with some legitimate stuff that will include, look, a Lomachenko uh, pay-per-view with Lopez, uh, a Fury Wilder three pay-per-view in December, if all goes well. And some other matchups that you said uh, uh, McSorley's myself and Kriegel announced on the broadcast last night. Can you yeah, last night. I, and look, I think the, the, the fair way to compare. This, com- compare the networks if you're, you know, if you're into network wars and platform wars from now on would be kind of to treat the, the top ranked summer series as its own thing that came and went, it's done, and, and basically start from today. Day, today is day one that if you want to compare them, and because now top rank is starting to announce the more serious fights, the ones that are not just kind of throwing up some content and keeping the, the wheels moving. For ESPN, their 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 broadcast partner, uh, last night on the broadcast, Mark Kriegel said that in late August they're going to have Saturday fights uh, headlined by the uh, canceled and now rescheduled Elader Alvarez versus Joe Smith Jr. fight, uh, the plasterer from Long Island who can crack, and uh, and then I think a week or two after that, 
the long-awaited, twice-canceled uh, Jose Ramirez versus Victor Iceman Postol All right, this is fight. good. Sometimes maybe that's real. Good. That's real. That's the that's real stuff. This is real stuff. So look, I I think the theme is correct to say that one, the whole sport's getting their ish together for the second half. So we'll start to see some good stuff. I mean, look, the Eddie Hearn backyard series is hit and miss. That ESPN run, if we're going to start getting good fights, seems like we'll get hits. This PBC on Showtime is legit, and we don't know what PBC on Fox is going to do. Probably bring back. You know, a Spence Danny Garcia pay per view for all we know. You know, Wilder Fury three, like we mentioned. Uh, you know, who knows what else? Uh, but uh, I heard, I heard the other day that they were going to bring back one of these pay per views that Showtime is getting. Where's my man? Bill Wanger? Oh man, Wanger, you missed out on this one. What happened, Wanger? Wait, Where you, you at, son? Did you see some like sources and a report from a reputable source? I don't know about reputable, but yeah, I read something on the internet. Okay. Well, hey, don't believe everything you read on there, okay? Boxing is and has been a hood sport. But uh, look, this is what I'm saying. Shout out to everyone. And obviously, Golden Boy, uh, you know, hasn't spoken yet. We're going to get Virgil Ortiz back this Friday. Uh, a lot of rumors on the Canelo opponents. We're going to narrow that down later in the show. It looks like a good one is back in the mix. But uh, everyone's back. And I think this is fair to say that Showtime became the power player again for the moment with the quality of this. Let's go up and down. And you tell me, straight up rafa whether it's good whether it's bad what you think are you ready i am ready all nine fight cards will take place in the quarantine bubble of the mohegan sun arena in uncasville connecticut my backyard no fans we will see uh selected media in attendance august 1st unbeaten philadelphia rising star stephen fulton jr takes on fellow unbeaten angelo leo for the vacant wbo junior featherweight title that navarrete gave up co-main event have young tremaine williams in there in a junior featherweight bout and joe george marcus escadero at light heavyweight to round out the televised card your thoughts well the main event is is dynamite i mean it's it not maybe huge star appeal to people who don't follow the sport, but to us, to, to the boxing hardcore, you aren't the regular fans. And to, to us, man, this is a fight that, first of all, we didn't really see coming, right? Because uh, PBC had been looking like they were moving towards doing a Brandon Figueroa versus Stephen Fulton Jr. fight rather than instead of getting Angelo Leo, who's a good looking prospect, has has had some nice performances on Showbox uh and, and is always uh entertaining in the Mayweather Boxing Club YouTube videos. Uh but a guy who hasn't stepped up on that level but has a lot of talent and this is I think that Fulton is is probably going deserves to be favored given some of the wins he has and how good he's looked. But Angelo Leo could come in there and it's two young guys. You don't. This is like a British style. Two young rising fighters who haven't made big names yet, undefeated, putting their O's on the line yeah, against me, each other. Give me the guys, it's, right? It is hot. I won, I won guys. Yeah. I beautiful guys. You know. It, yeah, it's heavy. It's thick, right? I love that. I love that ish. Look, Stephen Fulton Jr. has really come on of late. Uh, Showtime's given him a little bit of a push, but he can fight. He can box. He can do a lot of things. 18-0 and 0 with eight KOs, and it's all part of this whole idea that boxing is hot. Boxing is back. Where are you, Paulie? Why do I not understand my own soundboard? Cooks. Boxing's hot right Christmas. now. Thank you. Okay, that was not worth the uh, reveal. Uh, August 15th. David Benavidez Jr. bringing that WBC super middleweight title against not the right Angulo, 
But Romer Alexis Angulo, no, I say not the right one. Look, the, the right one's washed. This guy at least is 26-1 and one with 22 KOs, and that card will also feature Roley, Rolando Romero, against Jackson Martinez for a vacant WBA lightweight title and interim belt, and Otto Valin against Travis Kaufman, which that, that don't suck, right? I, I could get in. I could get in on this card. Look, I want to see Benavidez against a much more live body, somebody with a back foot game. Somebody with a beautiful hook that's comparative to Floyd Mayweather. That's Caleb Plant. But I'll take this for now. I'll take it. All right. It, it, no, I, I hear you, Brian. I think, uh, look, obviously, if, especially if you're trying to be completely 100% rational, not just evaluating strictly by the merits, you'll look at this and be like, all right, that main event, I don't really care. We saw Romer Alexis Angulo against Zerto Ramirez. He wasn't that good. He's got a pumped up record. That's not, a, but but I feel like David Benavidez is still young enough, and we've still seen we still we aren't tired of him. We don't the the, the Benavidez experience itself is something that I, as a fan, I, I want to tune in and check out no matter what, you know. So I, to to me, I, we're still and, and it goes the same for like Roly. There's they're young. I don't I, I think those are pretty much close to uh, showcase fights for both of them in the main and co-main. But they're, they're people I want to see more of. I'm, I don't mind seeing them get showcased. And that Valin fight, you know, one, it's just nice to see Valin get a chance to fight again. He's had so many fights fall through uh, and, and looked excellent that one time uh, against, against Tyson Fury when he cut his, uh, cut his face up, hurt him in the end. And, uh, and if you live in the Dwyer household, deserve to win on cuts. Uh, and, and Kaufman... He's not bad, you know. He went all he, he could have gone the distance with uh, Luis the Ortiz, the the third best heavyweight in boxing, according to Brian Gamble. Damn right, he and, had the COVID too. I don't know if you saw his face, his social media journey lately. Kaufman, yeah, Kaufman beat him. Oh, Kaufman yeah. and Valine had this is like the antibody war. Yes, remember when uh, Bob Arum had the no Trump card? This is the uh, this is the uh, the no COVID kill card. All right, that was weird. <laughs> hey, Rafe, we move on to September nineteenth. I like this card. Uh, Jerron boots Ennis in a welterweight bout in the co-feature. Also, Tugshot Nyambiar is going to bring his violent uh, Egyptian mummy style against <laughs> Eduardo Ramirez. And in that main event, dude, 154 is red hot. You won a tournament. This may be the closest we get. Erickson Lubin and Terrell Gaucher. Yay! This is a sneaky little under-the-radar really good fight. And don't forget the, the gold that Terrell Gaucher once gave us on that great, great show. PBC face to face. I know you never saw it, but because I know how I'm coming, you know how I'm coming. There ain't gonna be enough. Bro. You know how I'm coming, bro. In and out, gonna beat you inside oh, and outside. Man. <laughs> you know how I'm coming. Okay, guy. Uh, look, I love this straight up. I like boots in the opener. I like some some King Tug, and I like me some Lubin Gaucher. Um, I like the I you mean know, I like the I like the A side fighters in the two undercard bouts. I got to sell me on this on on Lubin Gaucher. I like Lubin a lot. I've never really seen it in Gaucher. I, he's a former Olympian. Is that that seems to be why we he, he's gotten this push. He's he just seems like a fringe contender who's not who's unspectacular in every way to me. I think he's a, a well-rounded fighter. He can fight all styles. He's had some bumps. I mean, but what does he have? One loss. I'm I'm trying to call up his box rec, but. You know, you know the speed of my, uh, you know the speed of my 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 Wi-Fi. My 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 Wi-Fi is dead. It's nice. Let me do this for you. Let me do. This. I got you. I got you. I got you covered. 
Your, my Wi-Fi is already here. So he drew with Austin Trout and lost to Lara pretty wide. Okay, so look, here's the deal. Uh, Showtime's got potential access to the 154s, as we're going to find mm-hmm. out. We're getting Jermel Charlo, Jason Rosario on Showtime this year. Uh, we've seen Jarrett Hurd and J-Rock. You know, they were on Fox last year. They were also on Showtime. Um, if this is sort of like an eliminator to get us to the end of that sort of unscheduled mini tournament, this is the right fight for Lubin. If he's going to fight the winner, potentially, of of Charlo Rosario, and I don't know if that would be him or it would be J-Rock or it would be, you know, Hurd or, you know, obviously Lara's around too, but like... Mr. Tony Harrison is still around. Lubin needs this win to prove that he's ready for Mr. Tony Harrison, to prove that he's ready for Arislandi Lara. Uh, yeah, I think Lubin has the potential to be better than Gauthier, but Gauthier's tough, dude. He's a better fighter than people realize. Uh, I think he beat Trout and didn't get the decision in that fight. And uh, I like this card. So basically you're saying he beat, he could beat Canelo. Indirectly, yes. Yes, I, yes, yeah. I am. Yes, the, I am. The, 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 which, you know, A beats B beats C always in boxing. We know this. And since in the Campbell household, Trout has a yeah, win. But that was like a 2013 version of Canelo with open scoring. It was a different time. Look, we've had it's since also then, a 2013 version been, of Trout. We've been through a lot. We've had troubles. And my girl knows this video is going to get me in trouble. Yes, thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah, I forgot to ask was, him. Was that his DM to, to King Rye? Yeah, I forgot to ask him about his personal life. I wanted to know. Is he, So Dwyer's married, right? I, I don't know for sure. I mean, we don't know. He, he used to talk more about the ladies in his life, his daughters and, uh, and Mrs. Dwyer. But that maybe he just decided to keep it out of the you know. See, I anyway. still question if his move was, you know, you know. I know, I know. You're always in the man's business, man. Stay out. All right. I believe be a lot you. Of cock blocking tactics coming on here. Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Can I go to the next uh, card? Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I, I am still ready. One week after Lubin Gaucher, we have a very interesting pay per view, September 26th. Both Charlo bros in really good fights, and both headlining their own three fight mini card. Both will appear on the same pay-per-view broadcast in the same venue on the same day. I believe there's some kind of delay between the two events, but they'll be there. First one, Jamal Charlo, Sergei Derevchenko, one of the better fights on on record right now for the second half of 2020 of any network. Co-feature, Brandon Figueroa defending his WBA junior feather against Damian Vasquez. And we get Diego Magdaleno, Isaac Cruz to round that mini card off. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot, Rafe. Well, the, look, that main event is is what chef's kiss, like cream. Is that the best um, fight that Showtime's giving us? I think so. And also, Brian, I was going to say, remember how every week we sort of go over, hey, is is White versus Povetkin the, the best fight, the best, you know, on paper, big name fight uh, so uh, on the calendar of, uh, made officially for this year so far? Well, I'm going to say it no longer is because Charlo – Derevinchenko is that fight now. Are you willing to go there with me? Or are you going to say, oh, the heavyweights, man. It's the heavyweights are still the big, biggest we thing have, in boxing. We have, a new- we have a new greatest fight on record on paper for 2020. And I think it's this one right now. Look, Lomachenko Lopez is better. Wilder Fury 3 is better. But this one is fantastic, okay? And the other side of that pay-per-view is Jermel Charlo against Jason Banana Rosario. Yes, the same guy who sent J-Rock to hell in an upset this will have three of the four 154 belts at stake. This is a massive fight. Your co-main event is Mario Barrios defending his WBA 140 title against 
Cowboy Ryan Carl. Yeah! Wow. wow. And we get Danny Roman against TBA. Hey, look, this is a creative I do idea. Like Ginger. This is a creative idea to take two non-pay-per-view cards and just put them together and put a pay-per-view tag on it. You're going to test the Charlo's value, but in their favor, these are fights they can lose. These are title fights. They're very important. I think this was the right gamble from Al Heyman because when it started to leak out last night that Charlo Derevchenko could be a pay-per-view, people were like, ah, oh, nah, but you get both Charlos. That really raises the stakes. I see. Yes, yes. Two Charlos for the price of one. Uh, just the, the, the ad copy just writes itself. Um, that's that's also what they uh, what they told those ladies uh, in the club in New York who stole from them. Uh, but anyway, Brian, um, I want to. I want. I'm curious. Can you get the behind the scenes scoop? Because I, you know, you you're tight with the Showtime crowd. You you do a little business with them. You're dipping into that yeah. Uh, yeah. basket of donuts. Yeah. And uh, can you get the inside story on why? They chose to create this creative concept of the double pe- double pay per view, the double kebab pay per view. Well, look in one in one wrapped up in one package. Is it because the Charlo twins are so tight that one refuses to headline yes. over the other? I'm, I'm going to go out and say, based on the little I know and based on what I know before this, they're insanely competitive. Like you can get them mad just bringing up their brother and talking too much about the other brother's success. Remember they flipped the coin. Look, they're they're Look, when we ranked the, the PBC brands for Al Heyman in terms of importance, right? We've said in the past that Deontay Wilder might be his most important brand right now. Now with the loss to fury, maybe there's not a cash out, but maybe there's let's, let's just get through this fury thing and see what's left. But Wilder's up there. Gervonta's up there. Errol Spence is up there. And the damn Charlos are up there in sort of the preferred Al Heyman brands that he's going to push. Um, rightfully so. 30 years old, you know, African-American stars who can talk, who are everything. Um, they flipped the coin for that PBC on Fox first card. And uh, I think this is almost Brian, like let's let, not let's make pause either... for a moment and say that who can talk is not exactly what you meant to say in that in that in, in that uh description uh most most fighters uh, regardless of uh background can talk um they're engaging personalities and fun to to watch on TV and fun to be around they're african american stars what was wrong with that you said african americans who can talk brian well i mean they're african american stars i i understood who can we, also i think talk. I, we give you the we know what you meant you 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 weren't doing anything wrong. It just came now, out now you're, I'm going to add your name to the lists of people that have sent me to hell. The Charlos, Tyson Fury, uh, that skinhead fighter. It's going to be a fight that say, F- you and F- the Eubank and F- everybody else that's down, Jamal Charlotte. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to put my life on the line. I hope you tune in. Damn right I will. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, yes. look, I think there's competition between them. You know you can get either one on the verge of sending you to hell in any interview with them. That's sort of the hook. That's, that's. I mean, they bring excitement. You already know, Rafe, who these people yeah, are. they're the best. Yeah, you know I'm the best. Yeah. Ah! All right. You know, hey, um, remember that time uh, Victor Ortiz said that on that uh, 
on that cameo video. Yeah. Hey, you. Wait, we got we got to hear that. Come on, come on. We got time. We got to hear that. Alex Godinez, what's going on, brother? Hey, things what's happen. You're finishing second in the State of Combat Boxing Podcast. Fan of the year voting. It's all right. It's okay. Um, I already know you're the best. Are you? Are you? Are you? All right. Are you? Uh, hey, let's roll on. Uh, October. Oh, I, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Brian. Um, you know, again, you you do a little bit of business with the Showtime. Yeah. And um, is there a chance of relaunching a uh, a face to face type series hosted by BC with all these fights? You have you you've already done face to faces with so many of these guys. You have the relationships. You have the rapport with them. I would love to. Um, I, I, you know, that's certainly a, I mean, the name is a Fox product, but obviously it's a variation on other shows we've seen HBO face off, you know, behind the gloves or whatever the hell that thing's called in Europe. That's really good. Um, I don't know. I know they have another BC, Brian Custer, who, who is more of their sit down interview guy may, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go that route because I'm not sure that PBC on Fox is a thousand percent out of that game. The show's been quasi canceled bc not cashing checks bc not on airplanes anymore but uh i could see them wanting to bring that back for a super big one you know what i'm saying yeah yeah well i hope i hope it i hope it happens pbc kate on kate any it could happen at any point all right hey by the way uh top bloke inside bloke i have had people reach out to me and go hey dude listen to your pod that bloke guy knows way too much he's got to be on the inside i think they're echoing our our sentiments here who is b sample bloke at the end of the day all right, there's a lot of clues telling us that he's British. There's a lot, okay? Just the pound, the poundage. Other than that, what do you see? The use of the word bloke. He didn't. He didn't have bloke in his handle until uh, until we start. We until later on. Until like a lot of to top bloke jokes started going around. He he knows too much. Not just in our vernacular, but like. He's also right on top of business things on Twitter, things that I haven't even seen reported yet. I'll see him have a comment on. The guy's deep. We probably know him. He's probably a guy I, we've shared a bear with, right? Who is that crazy? That's I, I as crazy as boxing people are. I don't I don't I can't think of someone in in the biz, so to speak, that has that that would have that kind of internet double life where they're just one of the you know one of the funnier uh, and more abrasive follows on All Twitter. Right, right now, of people we know, though, who do you think is a suspect? If this was an investigation and we had to provide to the private investigator, look, we don't have any reason to believe it's these people, but it could. Like, if we're narrowing it down, is, is Evan Corn in in the running for this? I. What about the journalist, Marcos Viejas? Uh... You'd guy. never see you'd never see it coming. Yes. I mean I have never seen Marcos Viejas and B Sample Bloke in the same place at the same time. That is true. Um I, what I mean what if it was Raskin? He is a man of many aliases throughout the years. Okay? He does have a history uh, when it comes to All stuff right, like thank that. Thank you for that. Okay. Hey, rolling on here, uh a week after uh two weeks after the Charlotte pay per view, Sergey Lipinets on Showtime. In a IBF interim welterweight title bout against Kudratio Abdukahurov, who's 15 and 0 with eight KOs, uh, you get Malik Hawkins, the junior welterweight, in the co-feature. Xavier Martinez against Claudio Marrero. Uh, look, if this is the worst of the bunch so far, 
Sergey Lipinets get up in that ass, and if you're going to put him in an interim title bout against a uh, some Russian guy, I, I'm here for it. Well, it's not. I'm just he's he's an Uzbek guy, and I think it's a he. I don't know. I both of these guys aren't that good actually, but it's a no, decent dude, fight. Sergey Lipinets is really good. He hurt Mikey. He, Stop this! What do you, where do you come where do you come up with this stuff? Uh, the Russian, I think, is is. More to my liking. Okay. okay. He's both now, Russian and in a hurry. All right. I'm not going to have you crap on this guy. All right. Sergey Lipinets is elite. I don't think he would beat elite. The, yes. I don't think he would beat the A level guys, but I think he'd, he'd give them all a tough night and beat anybody B plus. Um, I don't know. He's not a true Walter Wade. If you ask me, I don't even, I, he's 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 like small, he ain't a small top 10 guy. Walter Wade. He's trying to say he's the Evan Korn of Walter Waits. I'm not trying to say that at all. I, I mean, that would that would be way praise way above what Lipinets deserves. Um, however, in this case, we know who he is. We know what he's like. We know what he brings. We know the pressure, some decent power. He can crack a little, even moving up to 147. And we don't really know what we're getting out of uh, Kudratio Abdukakarov right now because all we've seen him do is sort of kind of beat Luis Calazo in a fight that didn't really set anyone's loins on the uh habanero or uh, even the scotch bonnet scale so uh, i do say the the russian is more to my liking although i i, I am definitely going to poo poo both of these guys until either of them shows me something name the talk how you fought that's better than chris algeria yeah chris algeria might beat these guys name one guy name one guy hey did you see uh Errol Spence on the horse, not bareback Canelo style, but we did see him on the horse, uh, kind of making light. You know, he said, crash my Ferrari, bought a horse, hashtag country shit. So, uh, all right, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's roll through this. October 24th, it's that pay-per-view we mentioned. Tank Davis, Leo Santa Cruz. No information as of right now what the undercard would look like, but, Rafe, in an interesting twist, last seen, I think, in the Floyd Madonna rematch, a 147 pound titled bout that also had Floyd's 154 belt at stake. We will see both Gervonta's WBA lightweight title, the, I think it's the regular or the crappy version. Yeah, it's the, the one, you know, how messed up is lightweight? But pause, how messed up is lightweight right now? Because, and it didn't have to be. They were on track. For a genuine unification of all four belts, undisputed, it would have been there. Lomachenko had three – I Max, I have three belts. One from Thailand guy. All right, he had three belts. And Teofimo was set up, won the belt off of Kame. They were going to have they, – they could have done it. WBC comes in, messes around, uses the whole franchise champion thing. Now there's another belt floating around. Devin Haney had it. Now he might not – Luke Campbell might – God knows what's happening with that. Then WBA – Lomachenko has the real WBA belt. WBA just throws another fake belt up for this for, – for when Gervonta Davis fought um, um, our guy, uh, the uh, Cyclone – Yeah, the, the team uh, of uh, Guantanamo. Gamboski, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's a mess, man. But, yeah, so, yes, this fake 135-pound belt versus whatever belt Leo won. Did Leo, he? Who did he beat for that belt? That was a vacant too, right? He says Flores, I think. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, okay, so so the belt ain't strong, but there's two of them on the line. Um, you've talked about this fight in the past. You don't like it as much as I do. I think, Look, the fact that they're doing it at 130 is the key for me. 
Because if it's 135, you're like, all right, Leo's over his head. He, you know, he may get hurt. I like the idea because we see Gervonta at times not do enough. We see him at well, times I... kind of get by with just his power. I like the idea that Leo gets inside on him, you know, pressures him, and we may have to see the best version of Tank up to this point. That's what you want to see. You can argue whether this should be a pay-per-view. In fact, I want you to tell me what will it sell? What will this pay-per-view sell? I Like, maybe... Golovkin Lemieux numbers? No, 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 I'm sorry. Gervonta Davis is probably a big enough name, even though he hasn't really done much in the sport of boxing, to uh, to justify it. He is he 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 appears to be a real big draw. I mean, he always gets good numbers on TV. He draws big crowds in every city he fights in, and celebrities show out for him. He's got he's got some juice. So I guess I would I would I'd put the over under at 150. 150 oh, 150,000 people. He's got to go 3. You got to go 3 here. It's Wait, a, that's it's that, that's a 3 is a decent number. I know, but he has in the a new sneaky world to be pre-covid, dude. Here's the deal. Uh Gervonta has a sneaky strong brand, meaning Yes. He he does have a a young fan base, you know, that that you know, and a lot of Yeah, people he, he has a lot he is a real fan base, but that but paying 80 bucks for a fight is a whole different True, but animal. this is a fight that I don't want to say it's it's yeah, it's a fight he could lose. It's a fight he should win, but it's also a fight that like you're not going to expect him to just walk him down and knock him out in three rounds. Like this is going to be a fight. I think so too. I, look, I don't mind the fight as much as as much as you claimed I did. You making statements for me, Brian. I'll put I, many things in your mouth, including words. Wow! 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 Um, wait, it is wait. hot. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah. Um, no, I think Leo because has a as, if he doesn't get knocked out, will almost certainly outwork Gervonta Davis because we see Tank does he, he takes rounds off sometimes. He's had stamina issues. Who knows how trying to make 130 again is going to affect him. There's a lot of reasons to believe in Leo's chances to be competitive or and possibly even upset Tank in this fight. Uh, he's also just a, more tested. He's fought other good fighters, which Javante Davis still has never done, yeah. uh, unless yeah. you want to count that, that you know, um, exciting sparring session with your boy Ivan Redcock. Redcock is my guy. All right, let's round this out. November 28th, and I believe originally uh, Adrian Broner had plans to be in one of these spots, but he's no longer part of this plan. I don't know if that means, you know, he's back in the... Uh, back does in the does that mean that, that Showtime was not loyal to him? I don't know if that means he's back giving us problems on the mic. <laughs> He's got a lot of problems. Ninety-nine of them, in fact. Uh, I, I had heard some weird rumor. I don't know if it was made up that he might be a, a Spence comeback opponent. If they did that, if they did that on a Fox pay-per-view, would it sell? Yeah, it would sell. I mean, if, like Broner. If if, you, if we're gonna give Tank credit for um, marketing himself well and can you know having a crowd that shows up and and watches his junk, then <laughs> watch my junk real quick. Um, you know. AB does that well too, and he's done it. He's, he's been around for a long time. He's fought pay per views before. Has good name recognition. Has good uh, in and outside the sport. And Errol Spence overperformed in uh, when he headlined and won in that great fight last year against Sean Porter on pay per view. So yeah, I think that would do pretty well. And honestly, even though it's not, it's one of the less competitive fights. I would imagine uh, Adrian Broner could look at for a comeback. Because he'd, he'd get the you know his ass beat, it would be 
I would want to watch. That would be funny as hell. Just All like, right. oh, man. All right, it'll be a bonanza. Maybe you're right. Complete box office bonanza. Uh, November 28th is Chris Colbert. Chris Colbert, 14-0, 5 KOs in the main event against Jamie Arbo. Arbolita, and we have Richardson Hitchens against the husk, the dried-out husk of our Hennis Mendez in the co-main event. All right, this is the worst card on paper. This is this is a this is a this is a stay yep. busy. All right, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, this that that it, that is part of the boxing schedule. You know, you know what we can say and feel grateful for. At least there is none of Brian's best friend. Rances with wolves in this schedule. He has been excluded because <laughs> he's worse than COVID. He's worse than the Rona. <laughs> Rafe Bartholomew over here. I love it. Uh, the final yeah, I'm, card I'm, is, is uh, Bartholomew on Bartholomew uh, violence. Uh, the final card is December twelfth. This is sneaky good too, man. Co-feature is TBA, but in your main event, Nordin Ubali will defend his WBC bantamweight title and bring his unbeaten record in. Against Nonito Donare, Jaren's dad is back. I, I kind of like the balls out of this fight. Hell yes. Hell yes. I'm glad that Nonito is being rewarded for that great performance in a losing effort last year against Naoya Inoue. Uh, he's looked so, so surprisingly good uh, going down to bantamweight at this point in his career. Something he always said he could do, but boxers say that all the time and it's never true. They try it and and they're weight drained and they get knocked out easy. And no, Nonito is actually looking good down there. And Ubali is, you know, obviously he's going to be younger. He has the belt. He's, he's confident, but I, I like Nonito in this fight. And I hope I, man, it would just be great to see him pull that off. Get it one more, uh, one more feather in that very, very uh, decorated cap of his. Yeah, he once wore a featherweight cap until that uh, hard-hitting Jamaican took it from him. Remember that fella? Remember that X-Man. guy? Yeah, what, what we used to call him? What was his name? Nicholas Walters. Nicholas Walters used to love that guy, man. He used yeah, to love it's, him. I, you know, there, there, there are conspiracy theories. You're a conspiracy guy. There are conspiracy theories that he was he got buried after the, after the Lomachenko fight, unfairly. By a promoter? I guess, yeah, that he was persona non grata because 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 he retired, he didn't, you know, he did. He basically he was part of the Nomaschenko streak there, and it was very. I mean, it was impressive to see Lomachenko make a fighter as good and as strong and powerful as Nicholas Walters. Basically, just say, "Nah, I'm done with this." Um, but yeah, they say that uh, he got a raw deal. I don't know the details, but. Um, I I don't know. It's a bummer. Whatever happened, I, like I, you, I enjoyed watching him fight. Yeah, I like when you leave some floaters out there for us. All right, that's the Showtime box schedule in whole. Uh, Rafe, do you have a grade for it? On the the uh, on the pandemic curve, it is an A plus. On any uh, without a curve at all, I say it is a B plus. So I'm very pleased. with Yeah, it. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, even if you went B. On a non-pandemic, it's it's still solid. It's still very. That's solid. look. There are a lot of years go de- go go by without pandemics, where uh, a, a boxing TV provider will not give you a B year. They will give you a C minus or yeah. an F plus or have, or meet you on the D, Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. All right, hey, we got a lot more to get into. Let's roll through it quickly. Uh, Tuesday night may have been the final. Is this the final? Summer series in the bubble for top rank. Did we establish Officially, that yet? Officially, it, it was the end of the summer series. But, of course, next month when the bigger fights come back now on Saturday nights, they 
will still be occurring in the bubble. Uh, I think it's the end of the series because the NBA is starting yes. and ESPN will have other content right, let's let, uh, uh, can we let on Bernardo Tuesday and Thursday Osuna? nights. Can we let Osuna go home finally? Can we let him out of the bubble already? Uh, I'm sorry, Bernardo, you have all? to stay in the bubble and wait <laughs> for uh, Jose Ramirez to arrive there in a month. All right. Uh, what we had was some interesting fights. Seriously. Uh, big night for Ghana boxing. Isaac Dogbe came back with Barry Hunter in his corner and stopped uh, the husk of your favorite Avalos. journeyman fighter, Chris Avalos. Uh, I only watched the highlights. Sorry, sorry, Evan Korn, ever since my best friend unfollowed you. Uh, you may have been shifted to the lower parts of hell. Just kidding. Uh, did you see this at all? Did you see Isaac Dogbe? I, 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 I watched a little bit of it after the fact. Uh, he looked okay. I, I like the idea of training with Barry Hunter because – well, we saw the two fights with Navarrete that his dad was letting him take too much punishment. And also, it's just he has an objective Poppy, expert Poppy, voice. Poppy, your son's going to die. Yeah, you need, you need a Benny Briscoe in there to, uh, to, to, to remind you that. Uh, and, um, so, so I, and Barry Hunter you know, has done a great job, really cares about his, his fighter. I mean, all trainers do, but still – uh, it's, it's a good, it, it's on, on the surface. It looks like a good move. Dog Bay looked the same pretty much as he always does where energetic, aggressive, athletic, strong, tiny, but, um, it's hard to see. Uh, I, I don't like him going up, up, up in weight where he's going to face bigger and bigger guys and run into kind of the same problems that he did against, uh, Navarrete where, Sometimes it's just he's just too short and he's not so fast or so slick that he'll be able to outbox some of these guys and and giving up that much height and reach it's it's tough. What do you think about Isaac Dogbe against Nonito Donero at one two two? That'd be a lot of fun. I'd love to see that. I don't know if Nonito wants to go up for that or Dogbe wants to go down, but shoot, that that's a very fun fight. Hello, Grandpa. How are you doing? Your son, the Royal Storm. The Royal Storm. It's good to see him back. And the global fans. Take care. So polite, that gentleman. Uh, are you woke to this guy? Because I wasn't. But Twitter had a hot on day last night. Oh, Berlanga? Edgar Berlanga Jr. improved to 14-0 and with 14 first-round KOs. This guy gets off, Rafe. Yeah, he's going. He's, he's going. Is that... Is that the closest anyone has come to the Edwin Valero streak since then? Of first round KOs, I am not sure. Yeah, Valero, hopefully, what was his? He got Berlanga almost up doesn't 20, end didn't the he? streak the same way, Rafe. Right? Oh, geez, come on, man. <laughs> Just Benoit our ass here. Come on. You know? <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I've I, I I have been up on Berlanga, and um, I like I think he is uh, a serious serious prospect for 168, maybe. Uh, light heavyweight division wow. as well, depending on where he settles. And I don't look, I think they should develop him. However, it makes sense to, and obviously he's going to need to, they're going to need to find somebody who can give him some rounds because uh, it's going to, if he has to make that step up fight against the championship level fighter and he's never been tested at all, that's, that's a big risk and probably not good for his development. But uh, hey, man, he, he may just make the case that you can't hold him out of that if, he, if, if nobody can hang Thanks. in there with him except at the elite level. I, I'm excited about this guy. Yeah, 23 he, years old, Brian. He, he's, he bangs. He bangs, indeed. Uh, by the way, does... does Benavidez? Woo! Jeff Ooh. Horn? You know, you know Jeff Horn, right? 
Uh, does that fight with Tim Zhu, is that a top five Rafe anticipation 2020 fight, given all these announcements or not? Yes, definitely. It's a top three. All right. Give me your anticipation order in terms of like, seriously, what you care about the most to close out this year. Because for me, it's, uh, it's Loma Lopez one. Oh, well, you, you, so you can, you can include the fights that aren't official yet. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's tough. It's, that's tough. It's Charlo, Diravanchenko. I might have to demote the Hornet. Wilder Fury three. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Hey, uh, I did want to ask you about this main event. Uh, Oscar Valdez. Finishes Jason Velez, you know Jason Velez, the Puerto Rican Sergio Martinez lookalike, drops him, finishes him in round 10 in a fight that's supposed to pave the way for a fight we really need to see. Oscar Valdez at 130 for WBC champion Miguel Burchelt's title. And what's interesting is both of them had comeback fights in the top ring bubble in which everyone remarked afterwards, man, that guy gets hit a lot. So they're probably going to hit each other a real lot. They are. They will hit each other a real lot. I, I will. I do need to correct Brian. Burchelt did not fight in the top rank bubble. He fought on one of those Zanfer cards in Mexico that was carried on ESPN through top rank. Uh, but they did both. They had fights. Burchelt was, uh, you know, in more even more of a tune-up fight than Oscar Valdez was. Ah, I don't look. Burchelt. We've seen him a lot now. We've seen him beat the brakes off of Mickey Roman. We've seen him beat the brakes off of Francisco Vargas. We've seen him. We, he is the cream of this 130-pound division in my eyes. Cream, and, get on top. Cream. And Oscar Valdez, you I think cop. the cream. <laughs> I think the, the gravy train. Don't you stop. Yeah, that caboose is done. The, sure, this is okay. the last stop of the, the Valdez train if he does indeed fight Rochelle. I think that uh, we've seen uh, uh, Burchelt, if you want to go in there and bang with him, you're going to lose. He's bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, he made mincemeat of Jason Sosa. And Sosa yeah. is a strong, durable guy. Um, Valdez has been dropped by Genesis Cervania. And, hey, Pinoy, uh, Pinoy Pride, baby. Yeah, I mean, true true that, true that. As well as uh, Blue Nose Lopez. All the, Look, he, he, he cannot have those lapses uh, in concentration or in strategy, uh, Eddie Reynoso, who Oscar Valdez is training with now, he has to get Valdez on point if he has any chance of beating Burchelt. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, it was a, uh, you know, he got the knockout Valdez. He was very honest. He gave himself a C afterwards. You know, his face was banged up a little bit, but he is who he is. He ain't going to be a boxer. Okay. And these two trains are going to collide. And I think it's the rightful continuation of what HBO started during their last year. Remember the only good thing HBO gave us was all the Toledo, Mickey Roman, Salito bandito fights like those. That was badass. We need to see a, a home for all them guys at the same time. Okay. Do you think Salito will fight again? He's, 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 He's doing local government in, in Sonora, in Mexico. No, I don't think he's going to fight again. Although the, the, the story, uh, about him, like getting arrested the one time for walking out of a 7-Eleven with, with, uh, with a case of beer. I mean, that, that was just great. And, and it was, it was later found, it was later proven he was exonerated. It was some kind of weird setup. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a beer drinking man. He's a top bloke. He's a public servant. And uh, he did nothing wrong in that 7-Eleven. He's a hard man, indeed. All right. Hey, Rafe, uh, did you listen to the Chris Mannix podcast uh, 
in which Oscar the Freak showed up on. I sure diddly did. All right. He made a little bit of a headline, asked again about his comeback. He went into more detail and said he's going to need more time. He's at six round distance right now. He's running six miles a day. He needs to test whether his body can do 12 first before he'll consider a comeback. But he did say, if I come back, it will be against the very best. And you know, our boy Mannix threw him that, uh, the little bait of what about Canelo? And Oscar gave a heavy hesitation. And Mannix called him out for it. And in the end, Oscar said, I never back down from anybody. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, so much here. So much. Come here. on, Brian. You got, how can you not love this? You are a wrestling guy. This is you are, wrestling. Yes. This is, yeah. This is, this is stone no scenario cold. Versus that he doesn't McMahon. send Oscar to hell. There's no scenario. Plus, it'll destroy their relationship. Like, why would oh, he? Oh, what, even, what relationship? Who cares? Like, why would he even? Think about that and say that, right? But this is what I got for Oscar. I got fish, scale. Hit me up on the low, Oscar on a deep. I mean, he, that might be the explanation for why he said that. You know, yeah. he, he had hit Angel up on the low and uh, and got a little overconfident. I don't know. Um, but I, 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 it's so crazy and terrible that um, it's it's that, that's how I like my my circus matches, Brian. I want it to be just disgusting bizarre just a true farce and that's what this would be i'm in if they do it it would be ridiculous it's it would it would it would be could could we call that more ridiculous than uh maymac uh Yeah, no, well, they're both equally ridiculous in a lot of ways. I just like... like, The ridiculousness. By the way, did you see Shane Mosley's post the other day? He's like late 40s, and he posted a picture of him, and he's ripped. And he's like, man, if I only knew then what I know now about meditation, yoga, veganism, and all this stuff, he's like, I'd be, you know, I'd be still fighting. Um, Fight Mosley at the time. What he knew about wives. Do that-ish. Fight Jen. Do something, right? I mean, come on. No, just kidding. Do not. Do not. Uh, do not fight Jin. Okay, thank you. Um, all right, that's that. Uh, the other Golden Boy nugget I wanted to tell you is that according to reporting from uh, Top Copperator, we ain't going to see Lemieux or Quigley or William Monroe or any of these potential bunk Canelo opponents. We could actually see Callum Smith back in the mix to see Canelo, Callum Smith for 168 belt later this year in September, and that it would be part of a larger DAZN UK rollout, which would make sense for uh, stepping up the competition. Callum Smith pushing for $6 million may end up with $5 million. Rafe, best friggin' case scenario if it goes like this for fans. Yeah, look, if, if that does happen, and, and who the heck knows at this point with Canelo and who he will end up fighting later this year, because they've floated, it feels like a dozen different names at this point. Uh, and Callum Smith is probably coming up maybe for the second or third time even as one of the front runners. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he stays right there because Callum Smith was always one of the best possible options for Canelo at 168 pounds. He has the ring magazine belt. He has... He's viewed as, you know, uh, his stock kind of goes up and down. He obviously had trouble with John Ryder last year. But prior to that, he was the boogeyman of of super middleweight, whatever the heck that means. And that's a it's a good fight. 
I would I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Keep your fingers crossed. I hope I hope we get it. Hey, let's talk to Virgil Ortiz Jr. He's back this weekend. It's going to be against, look, a guy he should blow away, but a guy who's been in there with big names and Samuel Vargas. It's DeZone's comeback. It's Golden Boy's comeback. It's a future star you need to be following. It's V, the new VO, coming at you right now. Enjoy. I want Virgil Ortiz Jr., the future of the welterweight division. Hey, Virgil, maybe the future of boxing right now, my friend. How you doing? I'm pretty good. How about you? Fired up as always, sir. Uh, 15 and 0, 15 KOs, just 22 years old. And in this uncertainty of the quarantine, you're going to be back in a big way Friday, July 24th, the zone, Indio, California against Samuel Vargas. Uh, how does it feel just to get back on track? Because I know it's only been four months, bro, but for all of us, it feels like a couple of years. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, when I was stuck at home, Knowing when I was gonna fight, you know, I felt kind of lost. I didn't know what I was supposed to do other than just to stay ready. But you know, even staying ready and not knowing when you're gonna fight, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, making me anxious if I was gonna fight again this year or whatever. But no, I feel uh, feel very happy that I'm fighting pretty soon. Uh, how was your training? Because I, you know, I interview a ton of boxers, uh, mixed martial artists, you know, half the people are like, I never got better training because I've been one-on-one with my coach and it's been great. Other people are training over zoom. So what's it been like for you <laughs> this summer to, uh, get back into camp? Um, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too bad. Uh, after, after my fight got postponed, I stayed ready the entire time. Uh, I was getting ready at my house doing meds either in the garage or the or the street. I was running the streets. I was doing strength conditioning at a park. And then we came back to California. And pretty much everything was everything was unchanged, you know, besides the precautions, you know, just to make sure that everyone was safe and healthy. But other than that, you know, it's there, there hasn't been too big of a change. That's great to hear. Uh, we're expecting uh, a fun fight here against Samuel Vargas, a veteran who's been in there with some very big names. Uh, what type of challenge is this going to be for you style-wise? Uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. You know, everyone fights uh, people differently. Um, I think he's going to try to try to make me fight. I think he's going to try to take me in the deep waters, uh, try to prove that, you know, that I like experience or whatever like that. But, uh I don't think it's going to go down that way. And, you know, we're just going to have to see on July 24th. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is a big opportunity with, uh, you know, you kind of get some a close-up here for DAZN, which has not put up on a card since the quarantine started. Uh, you know, a lot of promoters' networks have, have had issues getting out of the gate. Uh, how does it feel for you to, to, to kind of be, uh, you know, on that poster in terms of the network putting a lot of be- behind you to launch with you after this break? Oh, and that means a lot, you know, uh, just even bringing back the zone and Golden Boy. I know that a lot of eyes are in the fight, and it helps that, you know, they're really promoting this fight. And, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm just happy to be a part of it. You know, it's going to be a very exciting fight for everyone to watch. You know, we uh, originally heard that this spot could have gone to Ryan Garcia. It could have been July 4th, and, uh, you know, talk sort of fell apart there. And we'd seen... You know, Canelo, Rye Guy have some issues of late with the promoter and, and be open about that. Uh, how do you sort of, you know, gauge that situation from where you stand in the Golden Boy stable? Well, I guess I can say that I, I really don't relate, to be honest, because, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Golden Boy is treating me pretty fair. 
And, uh, you know, as long as uh, I do what I'm supposed to do, you know, they're, they're going to treat me good. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, I don't know what's going on in the other camps. So I, I really don't know what to say about them. Yeah, I can respect that. Well, it opened up opportunity, and you're taking it here. Uh, you know, you have a promoter who, who's been there and back in Oscar De La Hoya, and, and I'd have to assume a great mentor uh, of one of the greatest fighters in history. But uh, my, my good friend Oscar, is he legit? Is he talking about a comeback here at, like, 40-something? Can you pick up the phone and say, Oscar, unless it's a sloppy old guy fight, slow the brakes here, brother. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I don't know. I, I have to ask him next time I see him. But uh, no, he looks pretty serious about it. You know, he's training, and uh, I hear that he's going to start sparring pretty soon. So yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. All right, unless it's Conor McGregor, I think he could send him to hell. That'd be an interesting fight. But uh, let's talk <laughs> more about your run. Look, uh, KOs for days. Every time you step up and challenge, it's the same thing. You walk people down. You're a two-handed puncher. You're responsible in how you set up your combinations. Uh, I know it's like early, like you haven't gotten to the title level yet. You're only 22, but I, it's hard not to compare you to the other elites and what you've shown. Uh, how confident are you in terms of, of your evolution at this point? Like, are you close to showing us everything that's in there? Um, you know, it, it just depends, you know. Uh, I, I do have a lot of stuff in my arsenal, but, you know, I haven't gone to full 12 rounds yet, so basically you still haven't really seen like half of the other fight that I, that I can do. Or, you know, what, what happens when, you know, when push comes to shove and all that stuff. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I do have a lot more that people haven't seen. And, you know, it's, it just needs the right person to bring it out. Yeah, absolutely. And this division stacked. It's always stacked. There's always big name players. But you're five foot ten. You're a big welterweight. Uh, is this a division you'll, do you think you'll be at for most of your career? Or could we be seeing you, you know, as the money comes and the opportunities come moving up down the road? Um, I think I'll move up whether it's, whether I want to or not, you know, I'm still going and, uh, I think I can go as high as 160, 168 in the future. All right. Well, look, it's, it's uncertain this year out of, out of a lot of things with the quarantine. If we're going to get fight, uh, fight fans back in arenas, you know, that affects the pay. There's a lot of uncertainty. Will will big name guys want to get into the ring? Who knows? But if you get by this test uh, and you come back here and dust off the, any rust that's there, you know, how quickly do you want to get back? How quickly do you want to jump into a fight where, you know, people might go, hey, that might be too big for him. One of those fights where, where you are legitimately tested. Um, I don't know how soon, but, you know, I definitely love those fights because, you know, that's that's when people, uh, you know, let's say if I win and I prove everyone wrong, you know, it just makes me feel good about myself, you know, uh, there was a lot of doubts when I fought Mauricio Herrera, even uh, coming for myself. And you know, it's just, uh, it, it feels great when you pass a, a test that you weren't really supposed to pass. Yeah, for sure. And it seems like every time you're in one of those tests, uh, when they feel your power, the fight begins to go your way. So, uh, uh, is there any any issue with that in your growth where, like, you know, sometimes you're finishing these guys too early without maybe getting in the rounds that you need? I mean, it can be, but I, I do get a lot of sparring, and I, I, I feel like I get most of my experience from sparring. You know, I, have, I spar a lot of world champions like Mikey Garcia, uh, Jose uh, Ramirez, Josecito, and uh, all those guys. So, I mean, even if I'm not getting the rounds in in the fight, no, I'm still getting good rounds in sparring, and I think that's what counts. 
Uh, I liked your fight with Antonio Orozco because that was a tougher step up in a challenge. And, you know, he had some moments in there to a certain degree where, where I saw you have to, you know, make some adjustments and fight back. What did you think you showed in that one? I think that I showed that I can adjust when I need to, even though, uh, even if the adjustments weren't really displayed uh, or noticed in the fight, I, I did have to make some big adjustments. And towards the end, that's when, uh, I kind of figured out what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what happened in that fight. Uh, how do you know when is the right time to jump up to, you know, either the title level or uh, against the guy who you're pretty assured can push you or have a chance at pushing you the distance? Um, I don't know, to be honest, but I do feel like I'm ready for it now. All right. How do you see the future of this division playing out? I know it can be tough with politics to fight guys in other networks or promotions unless it's a really really big crossover fight do you are you confident you can get the big names in there as you move up yeah i feel like that we can make those fights happen uh, i see this uh i see this division kind of not not uh how do i say like like kind of unifying coming together where everyone's working with each other now but i feel like i can try my best to be the bridge and like open each other to putting fights together with everyone. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Uh, was there anyone you looked up to, you know, in your early days as a kid getting into boxing that you feel like you've you've taken things from, whether it's style or attitude or anything? Like, you know, every boxer is is a sum of of influences before them, mixed with their own, you know, natural ability. But who has influenced you? I've had many different influences growing up. Um, you know, Oscar De La Hoya would probably be my very first one. And then Miguel Cotto, Sergio Martinez. And uh, as of right now, it's uh, Jose Ramirez. Good, good company indeed right there. If I removed you from the conversation in terms of the best welterweights in the world, and if we had a mythical tournament where the best fought the best, who, who comes out on top? Who is the man in your eyes that would be the toughest challenge for you in this division? Uh, I don't know. You know, I I would say that the first and second seeds would be uh, Crawford and Spence, and then I would have to say Danny Garcia, and Lucas. You know, those would be my top four. They're, you know, they're they're really good fighters in the welterweight division. There's a reason why that they're as high as they are. Uh, I'm sure you're itching to, to prove to the world how great you are, to put on championship belts, to get pound for pound adulation, to cash some big checks, right? Maybe maybe he let some people slide in your DMs. But uh, <laughs> beyond that itch, does it still feel good to kind of be a regular guy now, knowing that that could all change in a big way with just a couple big wins? Uh, yeah. Um, I... You know, I enjoy being a normal guy. That's that's just my mindset. I don't really want to change it. I don't want to change how I think of myself. So I think that's uh, wh- whether I am a regular guy or not, I'm always going to think of myself as one. That's that's just what I'm comfortable at. That's that's a grounded, mature way to look like look at it. I I appreciate that. Uh, I'm fired up for your return. I'm fired up to see how great you can be because. Uh, even though it's early, man, when I think of you in these mythical matchups, when I think, okay, what, what would it look like 
if, if next year Virgil Ortiz fought a fought a Spence, fought a Sean Porter, Thurman, etc. Um, you know, I envision you, you know, going to the body and being in that fight. How much are you playing out these mythical matchups in your head when you're watching these guys fighting at the same time? Oh, you know, I I just see, I look at myself and I, I see myself, uh, you know, just looking at the weaknesses and exploiting them. Cause, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. Everyone just has that one little chink in their armor. And I feel like uh, I can exploit that in pretty much all these fighters. Do you see, uh, in it, like, when I look at you, I see a guy, although, you know, we really haven't seen you tested, let's say, in a full 12-round shootout where you're, where you're, you know, getting hurt and coming back. But I feel like you're showing us that you want that, that you can live in that deep water where, you know, I'm not going to name names, but not every one of the top welterweights seems willing to go to that place unless they desperately have to. Uh, do you think you're going to have the kind of style when you do step up that you're going to try to drag them there? Oh yeah, definitely. You know that's uh, I I live for all that stuff because I I, uh, I know that I can survive in those deep waters. So, you know, just to see if anyone else can hang with me, you know, it, it becomes competitive. It becomes a whole other competition in it to me, and I want to win it. Yeah, can't wait to see that. But one step at a time. And it's Samuel Vargas, Friday, July twenty fourth. Uh, weird situation, no crowd, but we're gonna get through it. Back is Virgil Ortiz Jr. What should we expect in this one? I should expect a, a very entertaining, exciting fight. Uh, you're not going to want to keep your eyes off of it. And uh, you can expect a win from me. All right. All right. Stay healthy. Uh, stay active. Can't wait to see you again, buddy. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Rafe, I like this kid a lot. I've interviewed him about three or four times now. Um, he wants to bang. He wants to go in the deep water. He wants to find out how great he is at 22, having destroyed his step-up test to date against Mauricio Herrero, against Antonio Orozco, who gave him, you know, a little bit of of, uh, of competition there. Uh, if we just, if he went all kinds of Teo Fernando Vargas on us and tomorrow announced he was somehow fighting Crawford or Spence, like, what kind of belief do you have that he's of that ilk already, that, you know, he could beat a Sean Porter, for example, right now? Where are you on the belief scale of this future star? I, I cannot be higher on the belief scale. I don't know what his – I think he – whatever the his potential is, he is – he's at the point where he's ready to start chasing it. I don't uh, – he's already won those step-up fights against – the the more like you said el maestro mauricio herrera and and antonio orozco and then they tried to give him uh, throw him a change up with brad solomon who was going to be you know who 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 was going to fight off who had a back foot game and was going to yeah, try and stink yeah. him out a little bit and he beat him in i mean he 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 beat yeah he knocked him out fast Master six rounds of the back foot yeah um and well, I a think guy who was, you know, the only person that could probably beat Floyd Mayweather is young Floyd Mayweather, but Brad Solomon was also in that discussion per, per Dwyer. Per Dwyer, yeah, I remember. Dwyer, Dwyer remembers too. Um, I just think that he's that good. I think, and I think he, just because he's knocking people out, like uh, he's being underrated as a, as a, um, you know, as a, as a skilled boxer, I think he's, he's got a, a wide array of, of weapons. He's, He's, the power looks very, very real, and like it's gonna make a difference against even serious contenders and elite fighters. I want to see him at that level. You know who I? I mean, I think it would be 
it would be very audacious to jump straight into Crawford or Spence, right? But your boy Lippinets, I think he would walk right into that fire. That'd and, be a perfect challenge because that guy exactly. is standing up in your in your esophagus. I mean, that guy is deep. Okay, bring on bring on Jamie Fox. Okay, I thought Victor Ortiz was getting in that ass. You know what I mean? Vincent and Virgil, all three Ortiz brothers, right? And Timo, the fourth Ortiz brother. Remember, he used to drive that eighteen wheeler. Yeah, all right. Um, I'm down. I'm down with all that. Um. This fight this weekend, uh, Yin, Yin? Yeah, look, they were doing this. They, this was scheduled for March. It was, it, this is not an exciting opponent. Samuel Vargas, his claim to fame is, is, uh, is knocking down Amir Khan. Uh, getting like who who hasn't knocked down a mere con right name name one fighter better than Chris Algieri he knocked down (laughs) he got sent to hell by Spence and Danny Garcia and lost a split decision to to old Louis Colazzo right so this this was this is sort of not the best uh opponent we could hope for but I'm happy to see Ortiz back in action and he's I think he will look very good once again be very impressive and and really make a case and make a statement that somebody needs to look at him for one of these big fights. And there are big welter Walter weights who need uh, opponents, right? Whether it's Crawford, whether whatever, who knows? It's just, he's out there and, and um, damn man, I hope he gets on those fights soon. Yeah, agreed. Agreed on that one. Uh, we haven't played. Do you care in a long time? Cause really there hasn't been a whole, Hell the answer was no. I to, don't to care about. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, co-main event: Hector Tanjara against the against Mercedo Hesta. The next we have a new Manny Pacquiao, and he's still fighting. Rafe, uh, you may pee your pants. It looks like. No, it's I. I, I already peed. Don't worry. While the show was going. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice? Oh my God! Why? I this is so gross. See, that's what that's what this that's what these hidden backgrounds. You can't see what this I'm up to. This microphone became a urinal cake. This is unnecessary. Wow. Shane Mosley Jr. against Jeremy Ramos on that undercard. Also, Sinisa Estrada is back. Remember when she fought? Uh, Marlon Esparza. Yeah, she's kind of she's kind of sneaky, right? A little bit sneaky there. No, <laughs> not not even sneaky. She's 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 um. Yeah, she's great. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, I guess that's the show. I I, I don't want you to uh, end up dropping a deuce on the uh, desk there, so why don't we just wrap this, okay? Uh, that's okay with me, Brian. All right, it was great talking to you, Rafe. Thank you to our listeners, the the Irish crew, the uh, Omaha crew, uh, you know, Terry Crews, right? ADK crew. Yep, yep. Uh, the uh, uh, Oh, I saw the, uh, the private school down the road. I saw their crew team. Uh, uh, practicing out. Maybe they have a regatta coming up. So shout out to that crew. By the way, one time when I was a high school slash college reporter, I called up a college and said, uh, can I have the name of your, uh, of your girl's crew coach? And they, she was like, first of all, uh, it is women's. And second of all, uh, we don't have a women's, women's crew team. Did you hear the, the deflection of my voice? Women's screw. We have a rowing team. I guess they want to avoid saying women screw, but they do, Rafe. <laughs> I, well, you know, we need that for the for the for the continuation of the human race. Thank you. Thank you. Keep rowing, ladies. Tyrone style. All right, that's the show for this week. Uh, Showtime Boxing's back. I want to get inside that bubble. More to come from that. Uh, shout out to our good friend Evan Corn as well. Thank you, Top Rank, for getting us this far. We'll be back, baby. We'll be back. Uh, Rafe, could you close us out? Yeah.
When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen.